the Flex Success Podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit. Covering all things science relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows, we might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. <laughs> Cheers, Dean. Cheers. Cheers, listeners. Welcome back to another episode. <laughs> how to be less shit. How to Be Less Shit, episode 101. I can't believe we're over the 100 lump. We are. What a, what a special guest he was to Dr. Mike oh. II, but the one and only. The one and only Dr. Mike II. <laughs> um, he mentioned that having 100 episodes puts us in like 0.01% of podcasts because they usually fail after the first 10 or something. And he's a doctor, so we'll take that <laughs> as fact. He would know. He's a doctor of podcasts, mm. right? Um, that's pretty crazy to think. But, I mean, how many people start things, I suppose, and never really finish them, let alone finish 100 efforts? How do you finish doing a podcast? Is there a number? Like a 1,000 or you're done? No, when Joe Rogan decides it's done, that means podcasts are over for everyone. <laughs> okay. Mean. He might be the guy. I think finishing a podcast is like finishing YouTube. Like, is there is there a finish line? I don't know. But um, uh, proud to be in the top zero point whatever. Zero something percent uh, We have fun. I hope you guys have fun. Mm. Um, if nothing else, it gives me an opportunity to slurp coffee. Annoyingly. If we can call this coffee. I'm drinking instant coffee, everyone. Are you proud of me? Because it's, are you out of your pods or something? No, I have pods. I just wanted a warm, lengthy beverage. Right. I wanted a beverage of volume. Mm, warm uh, and lengthy. And That's how I like the, them too. Uh, the uh, Nespresso machine here, for one, ain't that great. <laughs> um, tastes like burnt cereal, as James Hoffman would say. Uh-huh. And um, it's short. And I don't like a short coffee unless it's from a legitimate specialty coffee place. Okay. So he's drinking my instant because I'm a coffee pleb mm. and I'm proud of it. 7-Eleven coffee, what up? Mm. See you, girl. I like you. Apparently they're $2 now or something. One of my Australian friends told me. Another reason to never return. But look, you guys aren't here to talk about coffee. But if you do want to talk about coffee, go check out James Hoffman on YouTube. I'm not that into coffee and I do love James Hoffman. He's a British man, an Englishman. But do it after you finish this episode, not right Mm. now. Um, We're here to actually talk about vaping today. Mm. Um, We'll get stuck into it in the moment, but we like to begin with a personal update because I feel like our coffee chat isn't quite enough. Mm. (laughs) We have we have three weeks left in Mexico City. Yeah. We're very excited. Not uh, for it to be over. Not for it to be over, but mm. for the time that we have left here because it's epic. My best friend, Dom, who isn't really on any social media, so she wouldn't listen to this, is currently <laughs> staying. She's halfway through her 10-day trip in Mexico staying with us. We can tell the truth about what she's like as, like as a house guest then. She's awesome. <laughs> she's really she's, <laughs> she's No complaints at yeah. all. Uh, look, she doesn't give me enough foot massages would be my only complaint, yeah. my friend Dom. Um, she's grew up in Sydney but has lived in London the last five years. So it's been really fun oh, having seven her Seven years, she said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. London Crazy. the last seven years. Fuck. Um, Damn. Yeah, so Mexico, three more weeks. I, on the last episode, if you listen to it, I briefly spoke about how I got my lipstick tattooed again. The first time I got it with permanent body ink, it turned out very well. And I loved it for about the seven years that it lasted. Did it again. Didn't turn out so well. Quite botched. Um, Covered it up with various colors of lipsticks and lip liners Mm. (laughs) today. So they look fine, um, but with no makeup on. Your girl looks like a clown. It's definitely a could have been worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fully accepted it. I am grateful that not all three of the things that, probably would have gone wrong only one of them turned out to be true which is the fact that they're 
just mm. very dark gray. I'm like Morticia if she was dead for a few days. That's what I imagine her lip color to look like. Mm. They're dark gray and horrendous. Um, that's right. So, oh, what's what, the date? What's your... Seven days from now, I'm getting something called saline removal, where basically they re-tattoo my lips, but with saline solution. Um, and it draws the color, it draws the moisture out of the cells of my lips and the ink gets drawn out with it. So usually people do multiple removal sessions. Um, they have to be at least 45 days apart. We're not here for another 45 days. Mm-hmm. So I'm only going to get one here. Osmosis. I mean, we'll yeah, exactly. Human thought, school biology. Osmosis. Would, would be used. So that's my personal update. Do you have one? Um. I'll stick with tradition okay. in that uh, I've discussed the various things that I've eaten here in Mexico. My okay. first update is yesterday I tried a liver taco for the first time. Oh, yeah. Beef liver taco with sauteed onions. It was delicious. Was it? It was texturally great. What I really, animal? Beef. Okay. I really wish you would give it a go. If you didn't know it was liver, you would enjoy it. It just tastes a little bit meaty. But I do know it's liver. It's a so- oh, you know what? You wouldn't if I gave it to you. You know what it looks like? So, you know, when you go to a Chinese restaurant and you get that MSG laden beef that just doesn't taste like beef. Mm-hmm. It looks like that because it's okay. been sliced. Right. But it doesn't have the texture of it because it's a little bit firmer. It's like a little more like actual beef. When um, was it? It was yeah. recently I ate something. You're like, do you like it? I was like, yeah. And you know what meats I'm mm. willing to eat and what meats mm. I'm not willing to eat. And I was like, yeah, it's nice. You're like, haha, it's like fucking ball sack or whatever it was. I can't remember what it was. It was something, wasn't it? And I got mad at Dean because I was like, it's my, you just food raped me. Like <laughs> it's my choice to decide what food I eat and what I don't eat. Do not deceive me. Mm. So and other than that, my other update would be is I'm now what, I think four weeks into back into an actual measured training program mm-hmm. for the first time since I competed in April last year. Mm-hmm. Um, How are you feeling? Man, it's fun. Yeah. So much more fun to train when there's a purpose behind what you're trying to achieve as opposed to just training for a feeling. Um, you could be training to maintain that, though, what you built. Well, that's what I have been doing, but it's just yeah. not as exciting. Okay. Um, in saying that, though, I, I even though I um, am an, at an advanced level worth of years of training, I've learned very quickly that even after like 10 months of maintenance, if you just go straight back into a ham, there's typically going to be repercussions. And I've had some niggles. I've had some back issues and I've got a neck issue at the moment. I'm still turning a little bit gingerly towards you on my left. Um, so, yeah, don't rush into it. Are you jealous? Look at all this neck turning I'm doing, Dean. Oh, mm. what a healthy neck. You look like a uh, clown. <laughs> like at, at the fair. The clowns that have no, their mouth open yeah. and you put a ball in their exactly. mouth. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Those kinds of love balls. Exactly. Exactly. If anyone knows what that is. <laughs> I, don't, I think that's more of an in-joke. Um, it's from the Undateables. Oh, Undateables. Fantastic mm. show. Fantastic. So, so let's yeah, get stuck in, shall we? Just a personal update. Yeah. Oh, show the camera your tattoo. Oh, yeah. No, but well, this would have been on the last one, I imagine. Oh, we spoke okay. about your lips. So I'm assuming... My compass tattoo made a, uh, appearance. a an appearance on YouTube. If not for those that are listening, it sounds great. Dean got a giant <laughs> compass tattooed on his hand. With the south going to the finger, which I've never actually the given The middle it finger. Mm. Yeah, I won't do it to anyone here on YouTube, but yeah. So it's next to my Reuben sandwich, an ode to Reuben, the greatest staffie in the world. Um, and I'm really happy with it. So I'm glad yeah. you are. Getting a touch-up next week, actually. Wonderful. Um, okay, so vaping. Mm. Vaping. We wanted to talk about it because oh, there's been a big cultural shift. What since the '90s or so? Yeah, I want to say 15 years ago is probably the biggest shift. Yeah, a cultural shift in the way that we perceive smoking. It used to be something cool, something for rich people, something for movie stars. 
And that's the weird thing, though, right? It was yes. cool for them, but then it was cool for like being a little dreg of a human at high school if you went to public school. Yeah, that's you true. Know, like, and that was me. Yeah, I just I just picked on public school. <laughs> that's okay. Um, um, I would say that more public school people smoke. I do not have the data to mm. back that up. But yes, but it did become um, fashionable, so to speak. No, it was fashionable. Mm. That's how it was marketed originally. Mm. Like my mum, the fashionable woman from Venezuela, used to put her cigarette at the end of this like, I like pipe the porcelain thing. One, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she, was, she thought it was very cool. Mm. Um, and then there was a cultural shift where we realised, actually, cancer probably isn't so cool. Wrinkly lips probably aren't so cool. No, like dry skin, yeah. Like not as sexy as not having a hole Sounding in Sounding like throat. a robot when you talk. Yeah. <laughs> All these good things. Um, and so over lots and lots of campaigns over decades, it became a bit less cool. And so now it's associated with poor socioeconomic status, poor health outcomes, things like that. Um and less people smoke, at least in the developed world. Yeah. Um, places, there's lots of places. There was a shitload of smoking in Turkey. It certainly was not frowned upon there. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. there's lots of places where it can still be advertised, mm. um, and it's seen actually, especially Indonesia. Just thinking back to my uni days when we were looking at um, cigarettes, at tobacco use, it's seen as uh, part and parcel of masculinity. Like it's a masculine thing to smoke, and if you don't smoke, you're like, what are you doing? You I don't want to use the P-O-F word, but, you know, it's seen as being, like, just a feminine thing, mm. you know? Yeah, fair. Um, and so in the developing world, although we've moved away from cigarette smoking, people are starting to move towards vaping mm. um, or e-cigarettes. I'm actually not clear what the difference is, but I'm sure you can tell us in a moment, Dean, because Dean's going to take us through this podcast. Mm. I'm going to do way less talking in a moment. Um, and people seem to do it without concern for their health. Um, I've seen kids in London, it's really cool for teenagers to do, right? Uh, yeah, like America and the UK was certainly the most heavily impacted in regards to vaping becoming socially cool mm. in the school, youth, adolescent sort of uh, group of individuals, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I feel like I could walk through Hyde Park in London and like, see kids that have vaped before they started growing pubes. Oh, yeah, there's kids in school uniforms vaping, Yeah, you know. We should do an experiment. We should dack kids in Hyde Park and record the amount of them that have pubes and don't have pubes. <laughs> Pube to vape Pre-pubescent vapors mm. versus <laughs> you mm. want to? Yeah, look, I don't really want to see pre-pubescent penis, so. <laughs> we'll report back, guys, yeah. on, on this experiment. I'm, yeah, we'll be in jail, but. You know. <laughs> no, I, what I'm trying to say is I'm really surprised at how young people are picking up vaping. Yeah, it became very popular with them. And then mm. there was obviously also the infiltration of even adding THC and other kinds of sort of constituents and things to that. And um, that sort of took off without any regulation whatsoever. Mm. Um, there's now greater regulation uh, around vaping. Certain countries have different levels of like restrictions and stuff. Like, for example, in Australia, you can't actually get um, nicotine within a liquid for a vape. Is that so? Uh, that you can control. Um, you can definitely purchase them, but they're oh. not legal to be purchased. Oh, oh. Okay. Um, so they're like black market vape juice. Yeah, like the electronic cigarettes that you essentially are adding your own e-liquid to. You can get predisposable. You can get disposable ones, I believe, but I haven't been there now for a while to confirm that. Um, so, yeah, there's, there are various laws and rules, but it was originally introduced with essentially none, mm-hmm. which came into it a whole bunch of health concerns initially. Um and then there was some issues with, you know, pulmonary issues with people's ability to breathe and respiratory issues and, and whatnot. And there were these certain cases that people were concerned with, oh, these vaping are causing like lung disease and stuff. Um, but 
that then also got shifted. This was quite a few years ago because of the fact that there was really no control over the quality of the vape liquid, the vape device or whatever it may be um, to the point now where it's much more regulated, but still has some concerns. Mm -hmm. And then there's some things to obviously discuss around the actual vaping itself. So yeah, yeah. I guess it's difficult for people though, um, when they hear about like a relatively new thing that people are doing, like, well, does it give you cancer? Are these things true? Mm. So Dean is here to let us know. Yeah, I also think there's a bit of a, uh, a logical fallacy with vaping in that it's, it is um, positioned against cigarette smoking, okay. which is combustion, like, you know, fire, smoke, heat, um, as if it's quite benign because it's just liquid that comes out with vapor. Like it's not, doesn't seem that bad. It's vaping. You know, that, that, that logically this seems like it's a little bit better for you. Yeah. Uh, and that potentially is a huge fallacy. So um, I suppose, yeah. So you asked the question of uh, e-cigarettes versus vaping. What's the difference? Yeah. Vaping is technically speaking, just the acting, the act of vaping a or smoking an e-cigarette so it's the te- it's the term given so to i can smoking. vape an e-cigarette correct yes okay um and then that is colloquially now just being shifted into calling devices vapes right so is there but do, an e-cigarette looks different they all look different oh, okay um, but the mechanism is the same so an so e-cigarette is a vape an e-cigarette is basically an electronic device that is likely rechargeable that has some form of heating element okay and a liquid that when they combine creates a vapor okay. that you then smoke or inhale to use a you know a less harsh word, um, and then that is then the act of vaping oh. an e-cigarette. So an e-cigarette is a vape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An electronic cigarette, okay. e-cigarette, now known as a vape. Um, e-cigarettes were originally brought out as a means to try and deter people from smoking cigarettes or to help them get off them. Yeah, well, that's what I, when I say deter, I mean to move them away from, okay. as opposed to prevent them from going towards cigarettes. Um, that has been one interesting distinction, though, between like the vaping culture and then the e-cigarette introduction is that e-cigarettes were used to try and move already smoking individuals away from smoking as a means to potentially improve their health outcomes, whereas vaping is seen as something that you will take up. As a hobby. Um, whereas, yeah, typically people don't take up cigarette smoking as a hobby um, <laughs> yeah. or as something to do with their friends. They okay. did years ago, like you mentioned ago, yeah. mentioned, but not so much now. Um, so there's a lot more like first-use vapors than there are now than there ever were previously cigarette smokers that mm. are now e-cigarette smokers. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, so yeah, the traditional use of an e-cigarette was to basically uh, assist smoking cessation. Mm-hmm. Um, quick note on that. It seems to be fairly successful for the most part. Um, and it definitely will for the most part also come with it some better health outcomes than continuing to smoke itself. Okay. So if you're a smoking individual who doesn't want to smoke anymore, we would like some assistance and you like the act of smoking and you also need to get away from the nicotine withdrawal, then e-cigarettes of any kind may be advantageous for you to do that. But that's obviously not my field to really give advice on. But at least from a research perspective, it seems to be fairly successful. Okay, that's good. Um, So I just want to know, my understanding of why people vape is that it's kind of seen as a new cool thing and people don't really think it's dangerous. They're like, what, it's not a cigarette. Um, and then like you can touch on appetite control mm. for people that very much need it, like comp preppers, but are there any other reasons why people might use a vape? Um, so yeah, I would say the non-traditional uses of vaping of any description would be the social interaction, mm-hmm. um, relaxation. Okay. Similar to like the use of shisha. Yeah. Or um, like anti-stress. They're the sort of two major ones that are 
non-specific to, I think, ingredients that we'll talk about within vaping liquids. Um, but they're, they're the two. So outside of that, though, like there's various things that can go inside a vape or an e-liquid. Um, one of those could be something like CBD. Um, so some individuals may use them uh, to potentially offset some pain and inflammation if they believe that to be advantageous to them. And then the other one would be nicotine. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is just genuine enjoyment because they come in all sorts of delicious flavors. Hmm. Um, I've tried my friend's vapes um, and they are delicious. Like it's not something I do often, but um, yeah, if a friend is like, oh, I got this new lemon pie mm. flavor. Oh, it is really yum, isn't it? Yeah. And this is one of the concerns with mm. the, the use in adolescent is because like smoking a cigarette it's for the first time is typically not going to be enjoyed. Just God, like, it tastes <laughs> bad. Just like drink, drinking a beer isn't mm. or, you know, drinking whiskey. Uh, but you can build up, obviously, a tolerance to that. The heat and combustion of a cigarette can also decrease, like, taste buds, like, sensitivity to flavor and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, all that kind of jazz. So then all of a sudden the, the, the smoking itself doesn't seem so bad. So it just then becomes a habit. Then you're addicted. Then it's like, you know, the, the snowball continues. Um, whereas with an e-cigarette that offers you hundreds of thousands of flavors, you can smoke pineapple whiz fizz one day and then you can smoke a churros. You can you combine know, cinnamon flavors. donut the next day. Yeah. Um, so there's always some novelty to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they're not combustion-based, the heat typically doesn't get as high, so it doesn't seem to have as big of an impact on the downregulation of that flavor sensation, okay. uh, at least from an anecdotal perspective when I've used them as well. Right. Um, I didn't so think yeah, of that. Mm. Smart, that's smart, that's smart. mainly social enjoyment, tasty, relaxation. Can you talk us through appetite control? Yeah, now if we're looking at ones that are containing nicotine, which is the, I suppose, the traditional ones used to get people away from uh, or off cigarette smoking. They would just have less nicotine than a cigarette, right? So people who were trying to quit, uh, like reducing their intake as opposed to going cold turkey. Yeah, originally or in disposable ones, not so much. They probably match them for match. They're pretty strong. And it would be, oh, and, right. you, and you would take a one that would be dependent on just like patches and gum, depending on how much you smoke. They would then say, hey, well, you should probably start at this milligrams percentage. And then you'd work your way down that so that you slowly but surely get off the nicotine. Right. So if but, someone's using a vape with the same amount of nicotine, mm. maybe they're, I'm just thinking about why people might do it. Mm. Um, smoking in public, people are like, oh, that stinks. Get that away from me. But when you're vaping, it smells like pineapple. It smells like hubba bubba grape. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's just like they can do it in public without people giving them dirty. Well, I mean, that has been one of the claim, um, which we can touch on some of the interesting notes of the research that I went through as well. And mm. that is that um, passive vaping or passive vapor um, intake from individuals around has, has More previously accepted. been uh, previously been assumed to also be completely benign and that there'd be no no transfer right uh, but that may not be the case it's anymore. like passive smoking of cigarettes yeah 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 so like everybody knows when you stand next to someone smoking a cigarette you're definitely inhaling that and there's been a lot of talk around secondary and passive uh, cigarette smoking issues in regards to health outcomes mm-hmm. um vaping was seen to not probably have that because it is again is this logical fallacy that it's just vapor it just it's, just, good. it's yeah. just yeah nice hubba, it's just flavor hubba, bubba, smelling um condensation you know like um but that may not actually be the case. Either. Okay, got it. Um, so now if individuals are using ones with nicotine, yes, you can either buy disposable ones that have a control percentage um, or you can actually like make your own. You can buy nicotine like that is essentially just pure nicotine per milliliter of liquid. You add that to another liquid. You can determine the potency of your, your nicotine dose. Um, but in general, I would say like, you know, a cigarette might have anywhere between eight and 17 to 20 milligrams of nicotine. Winnie Reds looking right? at you. In a, in yeah. a single cigarette. Mm-hmm. Most 
this is coming from an anecdotal perspective from, from my experience being involved with lots of people that have used these. Most people are mixing their vapes at around about three to six milligrams per milliliter. Uh-huh. And a vape may carry somewhere between two and four milliliters. So like at one time they might be using anywhere from say six milligrams for a full cartridge up to 18 milligrams. Mm-hmm. And that cartridge may last that person all day, or it may last them a quarter of a day. It really depends depending on, the on how much they're puffing. Yeah. yeah. But okay. typically you'll see a lower nicotine intake in vape Vapes. users than what you would in a cigarette smoker. Okay. Um, now, why would you want to use nicotine in a vape if you're not a smoker trying to see smoking? Mm-hmm. Well, nicotine's been shown to decrease appetite. Mm-hmm. It's been shown to increase cognitive function across the board. You may get improved memory with nicotine use depending on why and how you're using it. Mm-hmm. You may get more energy if you're somebody who's relatively tired and lethargic, but you may also get um, more calmness if you're somebody with anxiety. Sounds like a pretty awesome right. thing to me. Um, Let's all just get high on it. <laughs> yeah. You also get some support from a fat loss perspective twofold. There's some liberation of actual fat out of the cell that nicotine helps um, uh, a lot, helps, helps achieve. It also will drive out certain neurotransmitters like adrenaline and dopamine that make you feel good and give you more energy, which then also increases the metabolic function so that you're burning through more calories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like I said, decreases appetite. So you're not really as hungry. So it's like this all-encompassing, pretty fucking awesome uh, ingredient nicotine is. doesn't come without any, obviously, uh, negative concerns. Um, but that is one reason why people that are in extreme dieting phases, e.g. the bodybuilding community that I deal with, who may find tremendous efficacy in the use of nicotine itself in either gum form. I've never had anyone use patches, but in gum form, all patches would t- technically work, um, or a vape. Okay. For the in-between meal or post-meal dessert, mm. depending on what flavor they choose. Um, so then, yeah. So, okay. So you've outlined some reasons that I think people in the industry probably are familiar with the benefits of nicotine, mm. but I think most other people aren't familiar with the benefits of nicotine. So I'm sure that's interesting to a lot of people. Um, and we're, we're definitely not saying don't use it or definitely use it. We're going to give some nuance as to why you might want to, why you might not want to, and probably highlight here the difference between use and abuse. Using it for the benefits is one thing, sure, but I've seen people in my social circle and some of Dean's clients as well who have decided to start using nicotine in the form of vapes and man, all day long they're puffing. Mm. Like, yeah, there are individuals that are maxing out. Beyond what they would if they were properly addicted, like sneaking it on a plane, kind of addicted. Yeah, smoking yeah. in between sets in the, within a gym. Oh man, um, like, come on! You know, smoking in between bites of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should say vaping, not smoking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when when there's a reliance on the product, that's when we're probably going to suggest that there's a, a consideration problem. for abuse here. Um, yeah, it's more than a bit of use, <laughs> as opposed to it being used habitually at a particular time to achieve a particular outcome. Yeah. So like for a reference point, like when I was in my contest prep, I used nicotine gum for 90% of the time that I was using nicotine for the last like few weeks. I actually used a vape because I bought one and I found it fun. Um, and but, delicious and delicious yeah but up until then I had a pretty set rule and I do this with my clients as well that I'm going to use one milligram of nicotine with a maximum of two milligrams from gum in the morning during my fasting period to assist in both energy when I wake up for my morning walk 
and to get me through to the first meal so I wasn't hungry. Yeah. Um, and that was, well, my, that was my limit. You could manage your hunger a bit better. It's not yeah. that you weren't hungry at all. Um, yeah. And that was my limit there. And then um, for my clients, it typically is the same. It's like start at one milligram. I'm going to allow up to four milligrams. Remembering again here, yeah. Remembering again here that a standard cigarette is starting at around the eight to ten milligrams and is ending up at around the twenty. So, so it's half a cigarette a day at, at worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, bear in mind also on this, in, in case I don't re-mention it throughout the podcast, and that is that nicotine is effective for the positive things that we've just spoken about mm-hmm. for somebody who's not a habitual nicotine user mm-hmm. at one milligram. Right. 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 You yeah. will see energy peak up within 30 to 60 seconds of like either inhaling nicotine uh, to the level that you want or chewing gum rel- relatively rapidly. Mm-hmm. It peaks very quickly within minutes in regards to its action on the brain. And its half-life is around about an hour-ish. What so, does the gum taste like? Oh, some of it's pretty bad. Is it? Um, but it's, as with anything, it's getting better. Um, but it's usually pretty average. Does it t- is it minty? Mint usually, yeah. 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 You can get but it's still bad even though it's minty? Yeah, there's this, it depends on the, the strength as well. Two milligrams. I found one that tasted quite pleasant as a mint, but um, I have also tasted ones that they're not enjoyable. So you don't, you don't chew it for the enjoyment. You're chewing it for the energy. All right. Does it do anything to your throat, like make it numb? Numbs, you, numbs, you, your, numbs your tongue yeah. and your throat, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so, but yeah, like these are effective at one milligram um, for the things that we're talking about here if you're trying to, to leverage the positives of nicotine. Uh-huh. Um, and you don't need to do them all day because, you know, that this is, but this is also one of the, the caveats and the problems of nicotine is because it has a relatively short half-life. If you're trying to seek this kind of dopaminergic mood enhancing appetite suppressing constant, um, you know, energy fluxing in like stimulant or neurotransmitter, like su- supporter or whatever you want to fucking call it. Nootropic is essentially what it is. Then some individuals are leveraging that all day long, mm. and then when you do that, obviously there's a desensitization to that particular stimulant. Yeah, your tolerance you then goes need up. You need to go and push more and more and more and more, and yeah. you can see how quickly you can get away from people. So, mm. if you are somebody who's never used it and you have interest of it, talk to somebody who knows what they're talking about, and maybe set yourself some ceilings, setting some serious boundaries. Yeah, yeah, because um, then it's also easy just to drop it tomorrow and you won't notice it. Mm. Other than the habit, this is one other thing too: is that uh, nicotine in the research seems to be less. Um, uh, sort of uh, addictive depending on its route of administration. Okay. So like... If you shelve it. Yeah. Has anyone ever shelved nicotine? I don't know. It's probably possible, but uh, I certainly have not. Okay, me neither. Um, but yeah, like a patch and gum is less than an inhalant. Uh-huh. An inhalant typically hits you faster though than a gum or a patch will, okay. but it will also subside quicker because it hits faster. Right. So like there's pros and cons to, to the route of administration uh-huh. or the route of administration if we want to talk about shelving it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, um, you have to be mindful of that too, is that the, the vaporizing nature of it is very easy to get a lot of it in very quickly, especially cause it tastes like bubble gum. Mm-hmm. Whereas chewing gum that tastes pretty shit that makes your mouth numb. You only want one piece. Yeah. Yeah. So like pick it, pick and choose your, your poison here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we've, we've sort of spoken about, I suppose, like a whole bunch of positives that you could see from vaping. Um, but wait, the there's more. <laughs> yeah. What are the potential negatives? Yeah. Um, I'll enter this conversation with the caveat or the asterisk that is long-term, longitudinal data on humans that have used vapes, both chronically and acutely, is pretty slim mm-hmm. because there just hasn't been that much time from the introduction of these products to now where we're at. Or the popularization of them, at least. Yeah. yeah. Because we need more than two people to study. So mm-hmm. we need to be mindful of the fact that the negatives that are currently being associated with vaping aren't 
necessarily conclusive and or 100% clear that we can say this is a causative effect. Um, and similarly, we can't say that they're benign because we're kind of in this bit of a I don't know period, just it like they were with like cigarettes. X. Yeah. Just like they were with cigarettes. This is no different. Cigarettes were promoted as being fine to use, like you said, a, a cool thing to do, socially accepted, if not promoted. Yeah. And then years down Pregnant the track. Pregnant women were doing it. Children yeah. were doing it. Yeah. There's a years down the track, we've got a whole heap of people with holes in their throats and lung cancers and all these things and lip cancers and saying, ah, I kind of wish I knew that before I went into this. Yeah. Um, so just be mindful of that. Uh, but there are a couple of general things that when you look at like the um, the review sort of papers that have like, uh, are culminating all of the current research we have available to us that are both like in vitro, so like just cell culture stuff um, in surrogate models, so like rats and mice, and then also in human stuff where there has been both um, like controlled intervention-based studies, but then there's also like retrospective, um, like epidemiological stuff where they're looking back on potential associations. So the combination of all of this pretty much comes down to the following. You'll almost always see respiratory irritations. Mm-hmm. Kind of not that surprising. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to suck something down your throat, you're going back to root, <laughs> root of administration, yeah. there's probably going to be some irritation. Uh-huh. Um, initial irritation is generally going to be greater than repeat use because, again, you just become uh, habituated and tolerated to it. Yeah. Um, there is of at least to some description uh, epithelial cell damage in the respiratory tract of almost all vape users, both acute and chronic, to varying degrees. Um, so like these are the cells that uh, are lining both the inside and the outside of uh, the cell walls of the respiratory system, throat, esophagus, even like just general organs. Um, you also see endothelial dysfunction, um, which are the cells that line the... Um, Inside of like the arterial walls, the problem with that is we're talking about a potential increase in stiffness of, of arteries and or other um, cardiac tissue. Mm-hmm. So then there's, there's some considerations for there, uh, especially in what we probably classify as like already at-risk populations. So like if you're somebody who takes performance-enhancing drugs, if you're somebody who was otherwise relatively stressed, has a high blood pressure already, a high resting heart rate already, has low sleep, Mm-hmm. All those kinds Coarsely, of things, yeah. things that are typically associated with stress, negatively stressful or negative stress outcomes like heart attacks, blood pressure, all that kind of shit. Um, then you're just likely putting more kerosene on the fire mm-hmm. by adding in any kind of vaporizer. And this is vaping the action of actual vaporizing, irrespective of nicotine use. What's within the actual e-liquid? Yeah. Okay. So even if it's just a flavored juice, you're saying. Yeah. Okay. It's likely associated with the temperature. Uh, and just the inhalant of, um, they call them particulates going down the airways because you're not supposed to typically do that. Um, the reason why is because the human body is made to breathe in through the nose to have hairs within those nose to then like, you know, filter, filter through air. some issues, yeah. change the temperature of that tissue of that air to then support like appropriate uh, uptake through the bronchioles and all that kind of jazz. And when you're banging down a whole bunch of this stuff in your throat, it's just not how it's supposed to go down. Okay. So you're saying we evolved over millions of years without a vape yes and suddenly the introduction of this new thing isn't so good for us and probably not as good as not doing it Pro- okay that's probably the take we can finish this podcast here just don't um one other like general side effect that was seen fairly consistently through the research too was a um an increase in blood viscosity mm-hmm. um and that had to do with just like platelet aggregation they referred to and red blood cell distribution so just like essentially what is how your blood is made up and how it functions um, we saw an increase, or not we, but they saw an increase in viscosity, um, which again is another 
consideration for people that have blood pressure issues, resting heart rate issues, because the thicker your blood, the less efficient it typically moves. Um, you, I'll asterisk that just quickly, just because you know everybody wants to poke at things. Uh-huh. Uh, a slight increase in red blood cell quantity will always typically then associate with a slightly higher uh, blood vis- viscosity, and that could actually be advantageous to an individual who's looking to drive aerobic function, just like the Tour de France people who use particular drugs to do that. Uh, but we're talking or about training? yeah, we're altitude training. Like mm. when you starve yourself of oxygen, you increase oxygen, the oxygen. Or just walk the Inca Trail. That was yeah. fucked. Yeah. So like these these can actually drive <laughs> positive outcomes in performance, but mm-hmm. generally speaking, we're not talking to uh, Lance Armstrong mm-hmm. today. So yeah, it's probably the case that they're not worried about red blood cells and exactly. uh, oxygen oxygenation of the blood. Thank you for the asterisks. So again, an additional concern for those already at risk population that we've just mentioned. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the long and the short of that is respiratory irritation, endothelial cell and epithelial cell dysfunction, leading to a likelihood that there may be a greater risk for higher blood pressure. Uh, higher stiffness of the arterial walls, an increase in resting heart rate. Um, and then the other big one that I actually missed is uh, systemic oxidative stress going mm, on. Okay, okay. And oxidative stress you can kind of think of as a, uh, a thing that is necessary, but when the oxidative stress rises beyond your tolerable limit, then you're going to basically produce more free radicals and they're going to cause more damage, which is pro-aging, pro-inflammation, and then all of those things coming together and, make yep. these individual aspects that I've just mentioned worse as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, give me a kind of case study or an example of somebody that might have high oxidative stress. Oh, the individuals that we mentioned before. Um, okay. So PED users, Put increased that... oxidative stress. Okay. So performance enhancing drug users, steroid users, mm-hmm. uh, smokers, drug takers, people with low sleep, people that have poor a sleep. low, yeah, poor sleep, um, people that have a low intake of micronutrients and or, antioxidants mm-hmm. because antioxidants are antagonizers to oxidative stress hence the name um, but they all come from your fruits and vegetables so your yeah. micronutrient density and diversity is super important there so if your your diet is not diverse and dense in micronutrients you live a stressful lifestyle take performance enhancing drugs and or recreational drugs have poor sleep and are relatively stressed if I haven't said that already your oxidative stress levels could be classified as likely being towards the higher end. Yeah. And there, there should be some practices that you embark upon in order to try and decrease that oxidative Not stress. Not vaping. And vaping would just add to that. Yeah. So the concern here is that is this the drop that overflows the bucket to use that very cliche sort of term? I like that term. You know, it's very visual. I can, yeah. I can picture it. Okay. You know, you know, like if, yeah, if you live an otherwise very healthy lifestyle, you run a lot, you sleep fantastically, you eat bread great you're not above the normative sort of body range that we know that is otherwise quote-unquote stressful to the the system Mm. and you vape here and there yeah probably not going to do much yeah but if you're a drug taking we'll say male who's 115 kilos who has average sleep because he's 115 kilos is full of food so decreases his vitamins and mineral intake you know also parties on the weekend, trains very hard, which is oxidative stress is going to go up to all these things. And then you also vape like a champion. I think you've just described like (laughs) most male bodybuilders. (laughs) Like this is just another thing you're adding in. Um, And it also seems a little bit um, uh, ambivalent and or hypocritical, I suppose, if you're within the space of the safer use model, which has grown a lot of popularity in the PD sort of uh, genre and community. Tribe, as you know who might um, say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to then add on top of, you know, you're eating all of these things, you're taking all these vitamins and minerals to try and offset oxidative stress, and then you're also driving it up with another uh, action. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, ebbs and flows. 
Yeah, and uh, I was just having a conversation with my friend Dom, who's here for 10 days this morning, about the fact that, like, people, like Dean and I and, and our kind of circle, both professionally and socially, all really care about our health. But I could probably pick at least one thing that every person does that's against their health. Mm. Like, I take lots of risks with most things because I'm not risk adverse. Like, um you know, uh, one person might just have really terrible sleep because they care about their career so much that they're just an absolute workaholic, Mm. whatever. So like, it's not to say that if you want to be healthy, you have to do everything right. Like everyone, even me who really cares about my health, we all do like at least one thing. So if vaping's your thing, like you're probably not going to drop dead tomorrow, but the point is like use, but don't abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So um, here's an, I suppose, like some other general interesting notes, I guess, that were sort of found across the researchers. That was mm-hmm. in vitro, so like in cell culture, um, when all cells were exposed to the particulates within vapes, again, whether it was nicotine or not, we're just talking about the actual vegetable oils and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw dysfunction to those, especially in uh, cardiac cells. Okay. So there's like a, an indication there that there may be just an actual action of that particular ingredient within vapes causing problems. Outside of nicotine. Yeah. Yeah. New generation vapes may actually be worse. Okay. Why? For you than the originals. Um, typically things get better. But the problem with the vaping is now is like the vapes are getting, are getting better because they're becoming more popular. Like you, I've even seen individuals do vape shows on like an Australia's Got Talent equivalent around the world because they can blow like rings and they can. Oh, I've seen this on YouTube. They blow love hearts love, and they can like, make all these incredible designs out of the smoke that comes yeah, out. Yeah. And then because of this, there's new generation vapes being created that have like higher wattage cap- capabilities to burn more liquid per puff so that you have a greater cloud. And, uh-huh. you know, then the thickness of the, the liquids being used is also going up in regards to we use more vegetable glycerin versus non so that the clouds are thicker or last longer. Uh-huh. And one of the things that is a potential de- determinant for the risk factor of endothelial cell dysfunction uh, that we mentioned before is the heat associated with and the irritation associated with the actual vaporizer and the amount of particulates that you can get down your throat. Yeah. Hey, for people who actually haven't used a vape before, just to make this really clear, um, to smoke a cigarette, you put it in your mouth and you you suck back. If you suck more, you get more, mm-hmm. right? With vapes, there's a button that you can press. Well, the new generation ones, yes. Right. Oh, they're the only So the ones original ones were like normal. You would suck on it. It would it would come in. And, and the harder you, you suck, the more. And it would also get. typically be colder mm-hmm. uh, or at just general temperature, whatever the temperature is mm-hmm. there. Nowadays, yeah, they have large batteries with big coils that burn the liquid at rapid speed. Yeah, and so you, you touch press a button. a button and it pushes it down your throat yeah. for you. You don't need to suck. Yeah, so these ones actually may, despite the fact that they're becoming better for use, may actually cause more harm. Are we that lazy that we can't even do that anymore? To be fair, the new ones are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Like the other day on YouTube, there were these kitchen hacks and you like hold the dish still with a robot over the top of it and it like flips the dish. Like are you that lazy that you can't wash a fucking dish? You can't suck your own cigarette? Mm. Jesus Christ. Some yep. guys are going to stop sucking their own dicks. Yeah, someone else stop will do or it start. for them. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Kidding. Who, um, can? Who can do that? I think Marilyn <laughs> Manson removed his ribs so he could get it. Yeah, I don't know how true that. It might be one of those <laughs> classic ones, you know, like this couple also had blood around them in a, in a vial around their necks because they loved each other so much. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Anyways. I mentioned at the very beginning, and this is just a brief note, is that secondary uh, particular inhalation in the presence of those that have vaped mm-hmm. exists. 
Um, so because of the fact that we're not saying that it's just the inhalation itself that causes some of these issues, but rather the contact of those particulates, um, secondary vaping uh, is still a consideration that needs to be looked into further for those that aren't actually <laughs> vaping themselves, but are, you know, next to people that are. Uh -huh. um, and they've found those particulates on the surfaces of areas where people have vaped. Um, like the I can't couch remember for how long. Yeah, the but, jackets. The, yeah, yeah, like on top of the couch. For, yeah. for, I think it was a 24 to 48 hour period. Mm -hmm. I, don't quote me on it, but it was at least like a roughly around a day. I could imagine people being less concerned about it though, because I was a very cool kid, used to smoke. And one of the reasons that I quit is firstly, I started giving a shit about myself, but the, I'm not saying that people who smoke don't give a shit about that. That was mm. just for me, one mm. of my reasons, but also I hated that even though I would go outside and chew gum after and all that stuff, my hair would stink. My jacket would stink. Like I didn't like how it smelt, mm. but with vapes, like, yes, I'll smell like a giant pineapple. That's fantastic. Yeah. This is one of it's the biggest like, problems. Not a turn off at all. I think. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I, mentioned in the beginning and i think this is actually one that's worth like a lot of consideration is that some people will use vapes for the benefit of the nicotine mm -hmm. but it seems to be the case that one the nicotine percentages that are claimed on a lot of these things are vastly different to what they actually say they are okay and then second to that the amount of nicotine you get per inhalation is hugely varied mm -hmm. depending on the generation of vape the wattage of the vape the length of the inhalation of the vape whether it has the button or not. Whether you inhale it all, because some people bump Whether puff. you bump puff it or not, whether yeah. you, you, it's either mouth to lungs or from a vape to lungs. Did you know what bump puffing was before you started yes. vaping? Okay. Yeah. So people should know so that. So there's a huge variation. So like if you actually wanted to use a vape for the benefit of nicotine, you could argue and say that it's not a very accurate way to do it. Mm. Um, and the number that they found when they compared vaping to cigarette smoking to their nicotine um, um, levels within the blood was you needed to have a vape at 20 milligrams per milliliter in order for it to be consistent in maximizing that threshold of what they saw in cigarette smokers. Right. That's and a if lot. you remember back to the beginning, I said most people are mixing it three to six milligrams. Yeah, per not milliliter. 20. Mm -hmm. So you'd actually have to, yeah. And then to be perfectly honest, if you mixed it that strong, mm -hmm. you'd be high as a kite from nicotine within one or two puffs and it would probably stop you puffing it all day. It's feels sick. And this is also one really? of the issues with the ability to not add nicotine mm. is that you can just have a flavoured aerosol that you can smoke all day long without consequence apparently mm. and yet you are getting consequence. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's one of the important things. That is a problem. Um, yeah. Have I missed anything? Well, you're the genius here. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. Uh, I don't think so. Nothing, nothing springs to mind. Um, I, I guess to summarize this quickly, we've gone through the benefits, mm -hmm. which are appetite control, cognitive, um, support, social enjoyment, um, fat loss support. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. and just general enjoyment. Okay. Mm. Negatives, death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Negatives. Yeah. Uh, decreasing <laughs> endothelial function and heart health long-term, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, acute respiratory irritation. Mm -hmm. Um, acute at least initially like acutely you definitely get it chronically if you're going to use it yes but uh, i would say acute like as in it's happening straight away right okay um not so much for short term. but the irritation is probably chronic especially if you use it chronic absolutely yes. yeah okay um but the point being is the moment you vape you're going to get some acute irritation yeah, regardless. Yeah, okay, gotcha. uh, whereas if the moment if you only vape for a week the impact of that on blood pressure blood viscosity and all those other things we mentioned before is likely negligible yeah yeah okay um gotcha so, yeah. Yeah, so there's some good and some bad, mm. um, and and we're not trying to turn everyone off vaping all the time. Like it actually might be useful for someone 
in the uh, armpit of a comp prep as a coping mechanism. But we find that people have like use it for reasons that might be justifiable at first, but then end up developing this habit that they won't kick and it turns into abuse. Yeah. Mm. yeah there was a review. Um, I'll see if I can grab the name of it on here. I don't think I'd put it down, um, but it essentially. I'll link it in the show notes. Put um, cigarette versus e-cigarette next to each other. Okay. And then list all of the associated negatives with them. Right. And what you'll pretty much find across the board is that the vaping will have all of the same negative associations as what the e-cigarette will, just okay. to a, uh, a lesser of an intensity, I guess you could say. Sorry, the vaping and the e-cigarette? No, of the cigarette. Oh, so cigarette. so okay. vaping or e-cigarettes. Right, because I was, yeah. Okay. Essentially have all the same negative side effects as, as cigarettes, minus a few, because okay. they don't have all of the same constituents in them, uh-huh. um, but just to a lesser degree. Right, okay. Um, and what you can take home from that is if you're a cigarette smoker now and you see cigarette smoking and took up vaping, you'll likely be healthier than okay. what you were. Improved would be health state. outcomes, yeah. But if you're a non-smoker and non-vapor and you take up vaping and or e-cigarette vaping, you will likely have greater negative outcomes than what you would have without it, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of obvious. The problem is that we don't really know to what degree that would be, both in the acute use phase, like if you're only going to use it intermittently, mm. versus those that are going to chronically now vape for the next two, three, four, five, and 10 years. Do it years. consistently, yeah. Um, and we won't know that for a while, yeah. but there is at least some indication to suggest that there's probably going to be some side effects that aren't that great for you. I mean, we wouldn't put a pill in our body on a consistent basis that we didn't know what it would do to us, but somehow this just, because it tastes not. like fucking hubba bubba, mm. <laughs> it doesn't seem as bad. Yeah, the, the for sure, I think that is one of the greatest problems is one, they're currently more socially accepted, if not encouraged. Mm. They're readily available. They're pretty cheap they're uh, and they taste amazing. Yeah. Mm. And they do taste amazing. And I like, cause like to, for, for a bodybuilder, one of the things that they've is commonly been um, seen in bodybuilders that are starving is the overuse and consumption of sugar-free gum of various flavors to try and, you know, feed this flavor sensation that they're trying to hit or Mm -hmm. to use in between meals. But that comes with it, some digestive issues that they don't typically like. So they take them out. You don't get the digestive issues from the vape either. Mm. Um, And you get all of the potential positives. So it's like this, it seems like awesome thing. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't come without consequences. Yeah. The take home. And it's a multi-million dollar industry now. So probably getting marketing messages. Mm. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, yeah. All right. Now people can make, I suppose, an informed choice as to whether or not they think it is worth it or not for them. Uh-huh. Um, if cool. you're somebody who wants to stop, how you do that is going to be up to you. Um, Just replace it with something like heroin or yeah, meth. It's definitely a good choice. Don't stop it. Swap it. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah. That's the take home. People how, come here how for to my be advice. Less shit. <laughs> take up heroin. How to be less shit. Don't irritate your throat. Put a needle in your vein instead. <laughs> I'm here to help, guys. Veins recover faster. (laughs) Public service (laughs) announcement. (laughs) We should make that the the clip. Is that going to be the little snippet? Yeah. So um, as a a personal note to finish on, I was somebody, like I said, who vaped in uh, my prep. Mm -hmm. I actually vaped more after my prep than I did during my prep. I think when you've got the the locked-in mentality of a prep, it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to just do X, Y, and Z, and I just followed my rules. After prep, when you're very hungry, I probably looked out, looked for it a little bit more. And then I just genuinely found it fun and enjoyable and relaxing. Um, but I haven't vaped now. Mm-hmm. After uh, this research? I did some more research and was like, uh, like you know, I'd, stopped, I'd started reducing and I'd had, basically only used it while I did uh, client check-in work because I liked the, 
the habitual sort of vape and read and then provide my feedback. It was just sort of Sick like of a nice name. little thing. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we went to New York and I couldn't be bothered to take it with me. And then I just decided that'll do. Good. Um, so mm. that's been since um, December. Okay. It's not to say that I won't. I've kept it, but I might keep it for like a social situation if I want to vape with yeah, a Yeah, it's like, it's nice in winter. I think in summer it's a bit, because mm. it's already hot and smoke and I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I decided not to do it because when you got your vape, I was like, oh, maybe I should get one. Well, funnily but, enough, I actually bought our first vape for you. Yeah. And then you, yeah. And then you didn't want to use I it. I didn't use it. It was cotton candy flavor in yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, it was handy. It was very tasty. I, I just decided like philosophically, I was like, oh, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, I just didn't want to add a habit in that wasn't helpful mm. um, when I didn't really get like it was enjoyable, but like so is a cup of herbal tea. So I was just like, eh, if I let this one thing go, then what else am I going to let in? Like I just didn't want to compromise and then make therefore myself I am compromised. Mm. So, yeah, just uh, just phys- philosophically, I was like, oh, it sounds great. Yeah, let's do it. Let's buy the vape. And we chose flavors. And then I was just like, oh. Well, no, I surprised purchased one for her in Liverpool. I was out for was a it? walk one night, you know, in my prep. And then I bought her a disposable one. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you didn't really use it. And then I, uh, Joe and I did a fast one day to see how long it took for me to basically excrete as much fluid was in me as possible. Yeah. And we thought it would last 14 to 16 hours. It ended up lasting 26 hours. Uh-huh. And I think in that last six hours, I was like, I'm fucking hungry and I'm bored. And I just laid on the couch and vaped it. Because you had to fast it, for 26 hours. It helped hours. me a lot. Yeah. And then I kind of, that's when I sort of was like, oh, I might do this in between some meals if I feel like it. And, you know, it by no means snowballed. I think the most I ever, I used to mix mine at like uh, one and a half milligrams of nicotine per milliliter. Mm. I think the most I ever went through was two cartridges in a day. And mine was only a two mil cartridge. So, like I was using at top end of my nicotine use, uh, like what, six milligrams. So like about not even a whole cigarette a day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But I, I certainly know people that do a lot more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. What's the be less shit tip? I think the be less shit tip for this would be simply if you're going to introduce it, set some ground rule, set some, set some actual rules around use and how much. What is your ceiling? Yeah. Mm. And um if you're only looking to use it for the benefits of nicotine, my advice would be to err more on the considering the gum use because you can control it and it's far more accurate. Uh, and then you're actually using it for what you say you're using it for. If you still want to use the vape, then just admit you want to use the vape. Yeah. So yeah, set, set some Absolutely. rules. All right. Uh, something worth sharing. Oh. We hadn't thought about this before we started recording. No. Um, I what would... did we watch that? What was that cool docker we watched the other night? Taco Chronicles? No, 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 no. We watched it on um, with Dom. Oh, it was what about was that company. I'm just going blank. I don't know. It's a, it's a really shitty uh, something I'm showing because we can't remember the name of it. I'm going to share this tip. My tip is we all think we can plan for the future, right? Like I'm, I'm going to get on this plane on the 17th. Shit happens. Buy a flexi ticket. Because it's happened to us a few times. We're like, you know, we we try and book our lives quite far in advance. Granted, we book things more often because we travel literally full-time. We don't have a home, just a suitcase. But um, buying flexi tickets has saved our butts Mm. and will in the future. Uh, Because if something pops up and you need to leave a day later or a day earlier or, Mm. yeah, it's helpful. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on your uh, and piggyback your shit tip okay. with one that you used before we left. Yeah, for something worth sharing. Oh, sorry, something worth sharing. Yeah. 
and one that you used before we left, and that is that if you are purchasing something as a consumer, yeah, only do it if you're willing to throw out two things that you already own. Oh, okay. The reason why is because, like, as as individuals now who do live out of suitcases, you'll soon learn that the shit that you buy means fuck all to your life, um, and you need very little mm-hmm. in regards to being happy with what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I started my suitcase at 32 kilos, including five kilos of yours. Yes, uh, so 20, we call it 27 kilos. Mm-hmm. I think I'm down to like 22. Yeah, we're both down a few um, kilos. I have very limited shirts and shorts. I choose the ones that I like. I wear them until I'm no longer happy with them or they break and then I get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And um, as again, somebody who works with bodybuilders who is constantly seeking some form of satisfaction in a prep who purchase all bunch of shit. Because they can't eat. They I have just to buy see shoes. people wasting mm-hmm. money like like it's fucking like it exists on trees there are so many animals and people and the environment that could do with your disposable cash mm. um if you've got it like i'm not yeah, saying so buy one throw two out or not throw two out i apologize let me fix that up mm-hmm. buy one donate two yeah that's the rule liz did it she she bought a she a pair of earrings she had to really decide like do i really want this to the level that I'm willing to get rid of two things that I already own. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Some, some background on that is um, I look, I probably had a shopping addiction, didn't I? Not with me. No, this is probably just, oh, yeah, probably just before we got together. Um, and because it, like it, it makes you feel good on the spot when you buy something and you just like forget about the heavy, what well, I do forget about the heavy shit in my life when I'm like trying on these pants and it was just like little hits of happiness. And um I realized I had a problem one day when I bought this new jumper, one of the many things I bought in that shopping spree, and I brought it home and I already had it. And I was like, I don't even remember the shit that I have. Like, this is a problem. And um, I, we knew for a long time that we were going to go on this trip and just have one suitcase each. And I was like, how am I going to choose from my enormous wardrobe? How can I fit all of this into one suitcase? So for like two or three years, maybe longer, I had a one in two out rule. So if I bought one thing, I had to throw two things out. And it meant that not only was I more intentional with the things that I was buying, because I knew I had to sacrifice two things I already had, but it meant that I was also decluttering because mm. do I need 50 pairs of shoes? No. Do I need all those belts? I did, like they have tags on them still, obviously. Well, this not. Is the other thing. Yellow mm. Nikes, orange Nikes, purple Nikes. Purple, orange, and yellow Nikes. They don't go with anything. They're <laughs> fucking ugly. Like, stop buying them all, man. Um, that's and that's to add and again the another piggyback on the piggyback yeah. is uh this came this concept came from the minimalists right yes, the minimalists. which is a fantastic podcast uh and netflix documentary and series books. and books yeah um so if you're somebody who has a consumerism problem or you're purchasing a bunch of shit uh and you Sort think your shit out you are uh, maybe benefit may benefit from not doing so have a listen the minimalists also have a 30-day challenge so on day one you throw away one thing on day two you throw away two things on day three what do you do Jump off a bridge? Yes. Because <laughs> you're sad that you lost three things? <laughs> <laughs> and by the 30th day, you've thrown away whatever the count Holy is. Holy shit, that'd be a lot of things. But, you know, like when it sounds like it's a lot, isn't it, Dean? But when you walk around your house that's so full of crap, oh, yeah. it's actually helpful. You're like, these glasses, actually, one of them's missing a lens. Like, why do I even have these? That's one item, gone, done. What's well, like the other rules? Mm, like, if you haven't used it in how long, you don't oh, need it? They have a um, 30-day, no, no. What is it? Two hour and twenty dollar rule. So you don't need it. Like you know, there's those things that you keep. You're like, oh, just in case. Mm. The, they, the minimalists um, encourage you to throw away your just in case things, so long as you can purchase it again within two hours for less than twenty dollars. Right. Yeah, because like, let's say that I'm holding on to something that's worth hundreds of dollars, 
and I do actually need it in the future. I have to repurchase it again. Yeah. Probably not cool. So twenty dollars, two hours, whatever it is. They've got heaps of awesome. Tips. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're really helpful. But the um, the one in two out rule, I still have. But because I'm traveling and I've just reduced down to the things that I always wear and I love, I have a one in one out rule. Mm. Um, unless a pair of shoes break and I'm throwing them away anyway, something like that. But I, yeah. I have a five in give Liz her clothes back out of my suitcase rule. <laughs> <laughs> but the things that I'm putting in your suitcase are getting less and less, aren't they? No, there's far less, yeah. yeah. We're going to have room to put an air fryer in. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We bought an air fryer because we don't have an a, a oven here in Mexico, yeah. so we bought an air fryer. But anyway, Actually, but that's a wrap. That air fryers are better for you than vaping. No, we haven't that's done it. a would you rather. Ooh, okay, you're going to hit me with it. Would you rather smoke cigarettes or I smoke cigarettes? Um, you better be quick with your answer because I'm busting. I'd rather you smoke cigarettes. Would you? Yeah. You'd rather my health be put at risk than your own, you but selfish it's... bastard. Well, no. No. Oh. I don't want you to have to kiss me and smell my cigarette smell, which is gross for the other individual more so than the smoker. I feel like I've been married too long to kiss. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. So you're doing it because you you want me to kiss you and that be a pleasant experience for me, even though I'll probably die of cancer. I don't want you to have to smell me as a cigarette smoker in the relationship knowing that you wouldn't enjoy that. Okay. So did you know cigarettes are the only product, legal product, when used as described on the packet that will most likely kill you? (laughs) Amazing. So you still want me to smoke even though it's most likely going to kill me? I'm also going to be passively smoking your cigarettes. I won't smoke it around you, Dean. Hmm. You still Um, want me to be? You bastard. If anything... Yeah. I think it will shorten your lifespan, which is typically longer than that of mine. Yes. Uh, as so a we'll male. die around the same so time. So we'll die around the same time. Selfish. So selfish. No, it's not. Why I've not? gone too... You want me to unselfish. die sooner? No, but like alongside me, I'm saying. So, so this is what's <laughs> the just... What the fuck does your death This is what has just death. happened, ready? Listen to this for a second, guys <laughs> and girls. I've said I would rather you smoke, Liz, so that you don't have to deal with me smelling like a cigarette smoker. Mm-hmm. Selfless. Chew gum, mate. You know, selfless. Mm-hmm. Okay, go And I don't want you to be alone and sad because I'm going to die Who says I'll be you. alone and sad when you die? Alone. I will have a party on your grave. Selfless tick two. <laughs> I don't want my life to be shortened just because you're going to die earlier. Just putting that out there. You've already said that you'd rather die before I die. Did I? Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like something I would say. I don't know if I mean it. Maybe I don't mean what I'm saying and I'm saying this selfless. Maybe I'm just saying this is what I think I'm saying. (laughs) To make it seem like I'm nicer than what I am. I don't know what just happened. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode 102. Now that we're keeping count. (laughs) Adios. Adios. Adios.